Welcome, friends, to this week's edition of Club Kayfabe Wrestle Talk. This will be the 345th episode that we record. I am your host, Chris O'Mealy. I am joined by Dan Peck. R.I.P. Alexander Chamberpot Burgess. Oh, Dan's D&D character has died. Ellis's character died, too, but they're going to pull some bullshit to keep him. Uh, well, when it comes to pulling bullshit, there's no better king than Ellis. And, uh... It's so, like, do you care? And I'm just like, no, not really. Uh, thoughts and well wishes go out to Ellis, as well as everybody else who's been affected negatively by what's happening in the world. Um, people losing jobs and things of that nature. Um, unfortunately, because my job is considered necessary not only am i not losing anything i am actually gaining significant hours which is a good thing and a bad thing because it'll my checks are going to go up but my exhaustion levels going up as well so yes at almost the same rate in that ratio almost a one-to-one Yes, uh, Dan and I are still tag teaming this thing. Glenn's still taking his hiatus. He's dealing with his work BS, which was BS before the coronavirus even started. Yeah. So, lots of BS happening, but we're not going to let that stupid coronavirus prevent us from giving you new and original programming here on CKCC Radio. Because for all we know, this might be your only outlet for a while to escape from the hassles of the world. We're happy to provide that for you. Did you guys hear our new show has dropped on CKCC Radio? The debut episode of Ranking Tracks with Jeff Trelowitz is now up. You can listen to the first episode. He ranks A Night at the Opera, the 1975 Queen album. Nice, easy listen. Less than 15 minutes of your time taken there. Uh, The 10th episode of J Bunny's Music Hub was also posted. I'm believe he may have sent me episode 11 and i have not had a chance to get that up yet so i will be working on that too but again the whole backlog is coming through the newest episode that will be up featured a cameo appearance by damian priest who was cut out of the interview as he was not authorized to be in it obviously And I'm pretty sure you have to get permission from them to have people like that on your podcast now, which is a shame. But Jason has said he is interested in interviewing Damian Priest for J Bunny's Music Hub. And if he pulls that off, I think we should have him on an episode of WrestleTalk. Maybe we can all combine and do a hybrid WrestleTalk Music Hub episode. Jason, I don't know if you listen to the show anymore, but that sounds like a fantastic idea, and let's do it. And then do one with Andy Williams. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Jeff's other show, Real Paranormal Talk, still out there. It's going to alternate episodes between Ranking Tracks and Real Paranormal for now. And, of course, Motivational Moves with Adrian Cotton. Two episodes to listen to, dropping the first Monday of each and every month. Check all that stuff out now. Uh, last week, Dan provided an intercontinental trivia question. It's between the continents. 
We know that uh, MVP was the first IWGP Intercontinental Champion. I actually didn't but, know that. <laughs> but did you know who he defeated to win the belt? I do not know. Was it a Japanese yeah. talent? In fact, it was. Was it he Ko- defeated Kota Ibushi? No. Ah. He defeated in the final of a tournament, Toru Yano. Nice. Not, not an easy opponent. I I guessed Kota Ibushi because he is the subject of this week's trivia question. Yeah, I've decided to start looking through uh, history, wrestlers' histories and finding out stuff for the questions. And I ran into a couple dead ends, but this one I know for sure what the answer is, so you're getting the question. What was the first championship won by Kota Ibushi? Ooh. Well, he's won quite a few. Mm-hmm. So this is his career first championship, not like yeah. a, his first title in New Japan. Yeah, this is his entire career. I don't actually know where he started his career. That might give me a guess. I'm not that familiar with his uh, his early years, so I do not know. But I'm sure somebody out there knows their Japanese wrestling history and will provide us with the answer. So, guys, we have a lot going on in the world of wrestling. And as we said before and again, the coronavirus is making lots and lots of changes. Since the time we recorded last week's episode up until today, not only was WrestleMania officially pulled, but they figured out what kind of format they're going to go with within a one-week span. Now, I am not at all surprised they pulled the event because, as, as it's been pointed out, Vince doesn't cancel anything because he views illness as a sign of weakness and he doesn't recognize weakness so the only way this is getting canceled is if the city of tampa and the united states government stepped in and told him no which is basically what happened so you're not gonna have eighty thousand people in the same room sorry vince no even though even if that room has no roof Uh, So what's basically happening is it's now going to be a two-night event, and it will be hosted by Ron Gronkowski. Sorry, Rob Gronkowski. I think I called him Gronk. The Gronk, yeah, Gronk. He looks like a Gronk. By the way, Mojo Raleigh was so excited to announce him on that episode of SmackDown they did that he actually, like, blew out his audio on his microphone because he was screaming into it. I'm sure Kevin Dunn loved that. Yes, uh... That's actually pretty cool. They're going to make it a two-night event, as the uh, Hall of Fame and the NXT TakeOver show have been completely postponed. So, doing Mania for two nights will be better because they can spread stuff out. They can do decently long shows without going past midnight. And since it's taking place at the Performance Center... as AEW did, they should put wrestlers in the crowd to make some noise. Uh, Jerry Lawler wants them to actually pipe in crowd noise. <clears throat> That'll go over well. Um, I think that's the smartest thing to do is what AEW did. Put some mm-hmm. people out there. You've got all those trainees and everything. Uh, give them their social distance seating. Separate the baby faces and heels and dim the lights so you can't really see them. 
not that difficult, right? AEW did it. And I think WWE is going to follow that mindset because I think that's the smartest thing to do. Um, Unless, of course, Vince is like, no, because it wasn't my idea. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's Vince for you. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be... like um, any megalomaniacal leader. I mean, there's like... And history is filled with, with things like... Um, Hitler was told to take a certain piece of land because it was strategic. And he was like, no, I'm going to go fight Russia, too. And instead of winning the war, he got his ass beat and killed himself. <laughs> because he didn't follow that advice because it wasn't his idea. The, the irony that you just compared Vince McMahon to Adolf Hitler is not lost on me, just so you know. I mean, not to go right to Hitler, but that's the one. That's like the story I know about that kind of thing. <laughs> it was like, no, if you take this little piece of island, almost every boat that's going to come anywhere near here has to go through this little area. You would be able to stop everything that goes by. And he's like, nope, not my idea. I'm going to go make a big mistake and did lose you, the war. Did you ever hear the story that, like, Vince was on, like, such a control freak tear at one point that Bruce Pritchard actually goose-stepped into his office to greet him? Yes, <laughs> like, I've heard that. Kind of, <laughs> I think that's I've also hysterical. heard, like, Cornette doing it to Pritchard. <laughs> yeah, well. I doesn't... heard about that the other day, listening to him talking about... Oh, him talking about uh, Triple H has been demoted. Oh yeah, with, he hasn't been demoted at all. That's they just restructured the names of of jobs recently. Like Dude, I him think... being like the vice president of future talent, he's like the president of development and something else. They're just titles. It's like it's the same job. He's making the same money, and that's what that's what Cornette talked about on the show. He's like, I know there was one time they did that when I was there. And I come down for lunch, and everyone's like, congratulations, Jim, on your promotion. He's like, what? He's like, I still buy chicken tenders here. What are you talking about? I'm doing. I'm making the same money. I'm in the same office. <laughs> I'm doing the same exact job. Yeah. I mean, that's the, the whole thing with promotions, right? Like, quote-unquote promotions. Like, like, when I started doing the delivery route, that was technically considered a promotion. But... <laughs> Well, because it uh, it involves a different level of work at the job, and it's more of a protection it's a more specialized thing. Specialized work, which means you. But I know. got I got no extra pay for it. <laughs> you know, I'm still doing my the rest the other job. It's not like so. It's yeah. It, it, so you could you could say it's it could technically be considered one, but it really isn't one in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, it's just so you can have something that looks nice when you go for another job. Yeah. I was well, the executive vice president of toiletries. So I want to share a uh, a funny work story for you guys that happened this week on my Wednesday route. One of my stops yelled at me for entering their office without gloves, a face mask, and a jacket and practically sprayed me in the face with Lysol because I was infected, according to them. As I've, as I've said many times before, there's a difference between proper precaution and overreaction, and they definitely did the latter. Um, had it's they... funny because you do medical delivery. <laughs> now, had they, which is, none of the other stops 
cared because we're all taking the precaut like you know i wipe everything down and they wipe stuff down after me etc like nobody else cared if they had anything we're like hey uh don't enter the office call us from the parking lot i would do that and they'd be like oh yeah you can come in you know all that kind of stuff but they suspended the delivery route starting monday which is fine but had had I had to go back to that stop, because they're one of my Wednesday-only stops, I was going <laughs> to drop all the stuff in their little breezeway that they have and just call them and be like, hey, your stuff's outside, bye. <laughs> you come out and get it, because I ain't going in there. You're going to friggin' attack me. So, you know, I, I there's there's parts of me that get stuff, but for the most part, I'm just like... Can we just stop the damn overreactions? Please stop the overreactions. But we're taking the precautions, and it's uh, actually going to be kind of nice to just not have to be on the road for a little bit, especially with uh, some road construction has not been suspended in the state of Pennsylvania. (laughs) In fact, I almost feel like they're taking advantage of the lessened traffic and doing more road construction. I would be... Glad. Well, <laughs> we many... have some road construction over by Burkdale Village, and it's just fucking awful. They were only working one day a week. Did you Did you see the thing I said where I was like, I hope somebody warned the Amish? Because I kind of wonder how much they know about this. Because I still see them out all the time. Well, but... apparently there's stuff going on over there, right? So, yeah, so. But I, I do know that coronavirus is in Lancaster now. There is yeah. there is a confirmed case. Uh, there might be three confirmed cases right now. So they uh, everybody went into like extra shutdown as a result of this. But my wife gets to work from home with the cats, and I still have to go in to the warehouse. So my favorite thing is there's a, a thing from a Shimmer show in 2016 that's gone viral now. Because it was before a match between Mia Yim and Nicole Matthews. Mia Yim refused to lock up with her. And then she pulled out hand sanitizer and poured it on her hands, poured it on Nicole's hands, and then started going around the crowd and pouring it on everybody else's hands. That's awesome. This was four years ago. (laughs) That is awesome. (laughs) Uh... I love stuff like that. Well, it's you. You remember like the that was one of the gorgeous George things was he would spray people with perfume because they smelled. Mm-hmm. So that's such a great heel thing to do. I would love to be a. I always said if I if I ever did a gimmick that I was like a if I ever did like a crazy cat person gimmick, I would come out with a with a spray bottle and if somebody like mouthed off to me, I would spray them with it. <laughs> I always thought that'd be like a good heel manager thing to do. Because people at indie shows, like front row fans at indie shows love that shit. They get into that shit. You have to to find which ones are into it. Because if it's like, because if it's like the family, if you do it to the kids, the, the, the parents will get heated. But like not as much as they would if you just like hit them with it. It's the weirdest dynamic. Like... They get if you hit them with it, they really freak out. But if you like do it to their kids, they get mad. But they get they get kayfabe mad. But I never said that I pretended to understand wrestling fans. 
I mean, there are some people out there who genuinely like Eva Marie. Not saying any per- one particular name, but, you know, I can't, <laughs> I can't understand some people, but that's just, you know, that's the thing. Uh, so what WWE's plan is right now, they're going to tape several weeks of television over the next couple weeks. So they'll probably get a lot of stuff in the can, which is a good thing, gonna, you know. That'll probably enough to get through. Uh, well, they're, they're probably going to tape through April. They're through probably going to tape all of their stuff up to Mania, and then I would assume they would tape the After Mania. Well, I mean, they could do After Mania stuff as long as nobody gets hurt and they have to change their plans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they tape Roman as champion, and then he gets hurt in the match with Goldberg and has to disappear from television. I mean, they could just fix that in a couple of weeks. Um, one good thing I heard was they're being extra careful with Roman because he is only a year of his post-cancer treatment, and uh, past victims of cancer are apparently very susceptible to this. So, Yeah, one... the closer you are to your treatment, even though you've been okay for a while, the closer you are to your treatment time, the well, yeah, that. Uh... Well, that 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 thirty four year old guy who died picking it up from uh, from Disney World, he uh, that guy he, also already had regular pneumonia too. <laughs> yeah, well, he had pneumonia and he also had four years removed from cancer treatment, and I'm sure that combined is pretty much what did it. So, I mean, because most cancer treatments they just fucking bombard you and kill everything. Is the idea? Well, and I the have cancer dies. The cancer dies before you. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. I have. Uh... I have horrible seasonal allergies, but if I start to feel weird at any point, I'm not fucking around with this. I'm going straight to the doctor, and I am very infamous for not doing that. So <laughs> that's how you know it's I, I'm actually taking it serious. If I'm Don't going fuck to around, the doctor. like you know, I've been feeling funky the last few days, but like I know I have asthma, so I would know if I had any breathing issue because it's a thing I have to pay attention to all day, every day. Right, right. So you know, but you're. You know, I you know, that's a concern because you could be susceptible to damage too from something like this. So, well, yeah, if I get additional breathing issue things, it's an issue because I already have breathing issues. I would imagine, yeah. Um, so some other news though. Uh, Daniel Bryan does believe he's done being a full time wrestler. He is okay with wrestling once a month or two, and honestly, that's probably the best thing. Really? I mean, he he has no reason to be full-time anymore. He's also, like, a couple months away from having a second child. Yes. So. Now, this is an interesting piece of news, and I want to talk about this, because... So, uh, Charles Robinson has stated that Vince has told the referees to count guys out, even if they don't get back in the ring. Or, no, yeah, if they don't get back in the ring, even if it isn't the finish. And this is going to blow some people's minds. That's what the referee is supposed to do. That's yeah, what... apparently Vince goes back and forth about whether or not referees should retreat it as a shoot all the time or not. Yeah, and apparently recently Vince was like, "There, I don't, I'm like, I don't watch, so I'm guessing recently there was a very long outside of the ring section that didn't get counted out and should have." I'm assuming that's that's where that's probably coming um, from. And so it's like a new edict to do that again. So Well, refs should always treat matches like a shoot. 
that's uh that's something that's big on the when I when I refed my couple of matches, um, I got my little crash course, and they're like, okay, here's the deal. You know, they they're explaining. You know, they explain the positioning and what to look for and what what their individual rules are. And I, and they're like, okay, they're like, you're gonna count to three. If you hit the mat on three, and they don't get their shoulder up, even if it wasn't the finish, and that's not who's supposed to go over, you're calling for the bell. They said that is not on you. That is on them. That's all I had to that's, hear. Uh, that's like one of the jobs where I'm just like, make it act like they're shoot. Yeah. Make the announcers, announcers, referees, pretty much everyone that isn't a wrestler or a manager should be acting like it's a shoot. <laughs> well, I should have called the show like it was a shoot, but what ended up happening, I wasn't really privy to a lot of the stuff, but what ended up happening was... You know they do the they do the uh, the meeting beforehand and tell you who's got you know who's up and whatever who's going over, and then uh, what uh, what Chris Decker did was he went around and he went to everybody who was winning and got their finishes because he was like you're going to win with your finish right so what what is it and what's it called so we can call it and then mm-hmm. I had that list in front of me but it was funny so like just as an example Adina Steele was going to beat Kit Raff. Well, I had Adina Steele's finisher, but I never had Kit's. So even if he hit it, I couldn't have called it because I only had her move. And I, in retrospect, I probably should have had more notes. But I've already explained why there was a lot of disorganization there. It was a very overly book, overbooked, especially on the commentary booth. Because even though I had that information, I was barely able to call anything that I was supposed to call because I couldn't get a word in edgewise. Which is why I have dis- discovered how much I fucking hate three-man commentary booths. And I I think that... Uh, I don't know if Raw's still doing the three-man, but it's... I don't mind the NXT one so much because Beth and Nigel really do add to it and they don't talk over each other. But, uh, but I like the two-man booth on SmackDown. The three-man booth only bothers me on AEW because Excalibur sucks at color. He needs to be. He should be doing play by play, and him and Taz work really well together. It's but it's so weird. Like I talk about, we talk about it every time it comes up, but it is so weird. You could, can they not see how much better he is doing pre shows and and dark? yeah, I I don't get it. <laughs> I don't like, get it. Also, I don't. I I understand that Tony Schiavone is doing it because it's he's like reliving his glory days but i don't think he should be on the booth at all i think he should be their inter- their main interviewer i think he should be always come out on the stage and get the scoop and everything he should be like their mean gene is what i think he should be doing because i don't think he adds anything to the booth because it's not like he's doing color stuff and he's not really calling stuff either because jr's handling that i would i would utilize him differently if i was if i was back there That's just me, but I think that's what I would I would do. Or save JR for the big matches. Since he's the let Tony I mean, go they, back they to the They already play play. don't use him on the pre show and stuff like that. Yeah. Save him for the for the big stuff. Um you know, give him give him his backstage role, which I'm sure he's got one, and you know, have him do his thing. Have him do his thing, man. Have him do his thing. But yeah, I think I think commentary booths are much better with with two people. Because then if somebody joins you on commentary and there's already three of you, it gets out of control so quickly. I mean, we had actually had that happen where uh, 
Stamper just left the booth because Image was sitting in on it now, and there was no point in having four re- main people calling the Rumble. So, me, Decker, and Image called the Rumble, and Stamper just... He kind of hovered over us for a little bit, and then he was gone. But, yeah, let's let's bring back the two-man booth. Can we get that trending? Bring back the two-man booth. But, uh... I mean, you can have, like, the sideline reporter... Like they do in regular sports. Yeah. That kind of thing. Shivani should be doing that. And uh, I also like that Brandy's thing said she would never ring announce again when she was ring announce. Oh, yeah. The guy that does their lower thirds is fantastic. Oh, He's my God. In Adam Handswash. Adam Handswash yeah. page. <laughs> yeah. He's been at it for like four or five. Since the first pay-per-view with the, the first post-TV pay-per-view, he's been like, whoever's doing their lower thirds has been on fire. Yeah. Um, so, real quickly, on the uh, the AEW front, as we already mentioned, they had the wrestlers divided, which added to the show. Um, I haven't watched it yet, but I'm going to, because I really want to see this. But we did get the debut of Matt Hardy. And the Exalted One was revealed to be Brody Lee, which we had talked about. So they are now both there, along with Lance Archer, who showed up with Jake. So they, uh, the big three debuts that they've been talking about have now all happened. And that can only be a positive for all elite wrestling. Because look at the talent you have here. Matt Hardy literally just jumped ship, so that's a big thing. And he had a hell of a way to go out, too, with Randy Orton basically killing him. So you're going to go... Yeah, they actually used him and did well with him <laughs> yeah. in his last week's. Uh, Brody Lee is a fantastic talent. Uh, we've been saying that forever. We all knew he was great from his indie runs. Uh, he was freaking incredible in the Wyatt family. I think he, his singles run was kind of lackluster when he broke off on his own, but he got an Intercontinental Championship run out of it. And a WrestleMania moment in that. Yes, yes he did. That awesome ladder match. So... Definitely nothing negative to say about that. Between the two of them, they're a plethora of knowledge, experience. They're they're leaders. They know how to have great matches. They're going to lead some of the younger guys there who are going to be their big up-and-coming stars. And then, of course, we already talked about Lance Archer, but again, he's coming with so much experience because he's been everywhere. So that can only be a good thing for their roster. And their roster does need to shore up a couple more talents like that. Like, they should have been the one to scoop up MVP, for example. They uh, they have Colt Cabana now. They should probably scoop up some of the NWA people that they can get who aren't uh, who aren't fully contracted there. For example... Like they did with Colt Cabana. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, James Storm and Mr. Kennedy would be a good good additions there. They should be scooping those people up because yeah, that's... Yeah, they need more veteran leadership and they need it most in the women's division. The women's division is just so uh, it's it's so disappointing because it it came in they came in with a with a plan they really have botched it since day one and they got the, talent they just need the leadership they don't yeah they don't have the leadership and you can't just rely on someone like Kong she can't just lead everything because she's not active talent so and Emi Sakura is Japanese and lives in Japan and she can't be around always and. You know, it's hard for a Japanese person to teach an American stuff, even though she probably knows some American. What 
So what what kind of veteran women talent would you bring in? Because the first two people I thought of, even though I know they wanted they're semi-retired or fully retired, the first two people I thought of were Molly Holly and Victoria. They could probably get Victoria as like a coach, maybe. She'd probably be a wonderful asset. I feel like uh, they're not using Mickey James for shit in WWE. If she can get out of her contract, she could go there. She'd be great locker room leader. She's and then she good. can be with her husband more often. Yeah, more than likely. Because then she'd be working somewhere where they work once a week, and then he and he's working somewhere where he works once a month. <laughs> I was. What about uh? They could they could bring in Jazz. That would be tremendous leadership. Um, Tracy Brooks. They could always get Trulita Melissa. I think Trulita Melissa is winding down too, so it'd be a good way for her to pay it forward before. Yeah, staying, come in before going backstage fully. Come in, be it, be the, be that leader. There, there's a lot of options. Other people I think of, they all just, you know, like Mercedes Martinez just recently went there, where she's probably going to do that. She's probably going to have a couple of year run, and then she's probably going to join the Sarahs at the Performance Center. You know who would be a fantastic grab if they could get her? Rosemary. Yeah. I know you'd be down for that one. Because I know you're down with Rosemary. And she already got her best friends there, so. Yeah. It's just that, you know, she recently resigned because Impact's actually been really good to her. She's one of the people that they've really taken care of. <laughs> they have, yeah, so. but if she wants if she wants that, that other step, that would be the way the way to do it. You know, then there's there's so many other talents out there that we haven't even mentioned that they could always utilize under uh or call or talk to i mean you're not you're you're not going to get someone like trish or lita involved because they're gonna they're gonna stay loyal to wwe even even in like a coaching or a a uh what's, what's the word i'm looking for consultant role but still there there's other options and there are there are many of them what about um What's her name? The former winter, Katie Lee. What's she called now? I think she's... She's doing stuff in Mexico, I think. I think she's Katie Lee, but I think it's like spelled weird. Or she's Katarina. Katarina. That's it, Katarina. And stuff like that. Katie Lee, Katarina, Cat Waters, that stuff. She's using like mostly her real name or half of her real name. Could bring in Katrina. And I don't think she's going to help out. Well. So she's just, not, that, she's not uh, that great. She's not, but that's just nice for me. <laughs> she's uh, good to look at. <laughs> so uh, guess who's going into the Impact Hall of Fame? He's Somebody the, who probably should be in the WWE Hall of Fame. Yeah. World's most dangerous and man. And is in the UFC Hall of Fame. <laughs> yep. World's most dangerous man, Ken Shamrock. They even used WWE footage. And they credited WWE. But it's okay, because they apparently got a deal with them, because they credited it. Well. Credited. Impact and WWE are on much easier terms to work with now uh, than they, they ever They definitely have get along, especially when it comes to Hall of Fame kind of stuff. Yeah. So. A- AEW is the new rival in town, so. it's it's Everything no is our competition. Yeah. All of entertainment. Uh, one other quick note before we move on here. They made the news today that uh, for Mandalorian Season 2, Ahsoka Tano is going to appear and be played by Rosario Dawson, which is freaking awesome. 
But the big rumor was that that's who Sasha was going to play. And we actually did address that on a previous episode that Sasha was the main rumor was going to be Tano. Well, because Sasha she... had been gone for several weeks. Right. So filming it. whatever scenes she shot, she is not Ahsoka Tano. Which I wonder what she is, because she was gone for several weeks, which means she's in multiple episodes. You would think, right? Yeah, you would think. That's going to be a couple episodes. Will she be killed off? I mean, maybe eventually. I mean, Natalia Tina I mean, right. has done next, one episode, but she's still alive. The next season is all about them finding a him trying to find their home planet, right? Yeah, I think that's the... For, for now, they are a creative two or whatever the frick they said. Uh, they are a coven of two or something like that. I forgot what the... Yeah, what yeah. Was. It's been three months. Um, <laughs> Gotta rewatch that stuff. They're a band of two or whatever, of two Mandalorians, and it's up to you to find him a place to live. I've been watching uh, Clone Wars, and I, I got to the, the some of the Boba Fett episodes. With, uh, with See, I watched the first, the quote unquote first two and the movie, and I stopped. And I've been watching a D and D show. <laughs> that's four. That's three years old. Uh, there, uh, there are Boba Fett episodes, and in the one part, he, uh, he, he's going after Mace Windu, obviously, and he puts Jango's helmet there with a bomb in it, and Mace just like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there, there's, there are that we actually do arrive on Mandalore in Clone Wars. Was there was there disintegrations involved? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's what he tried to do. Because I'm just like they, we gotta have a piece of in in canon stuff of him doing so many or such a great disintegration, and that's why Vader well, was like, "Fuck off, buddy." <laughs> no disintegrations, as you wish. The. Uh, the actor who played Boba in the prequels, Daniel Logan, actually reprises the role in the voice role, but he's yeah. distinctly older, so he sounds more mature, but they they don't really age him up a lot. Does he voice all the clone troopers too? Uh it's not the it's not it's not Tamora Morrison, but the the one voice actor does all the clone troopers. Guys, I figured that because there was one of the one of the two episodes is of the one clone trooper that turned on him, right? Yeah. So the first episode is the spider guy that knows how to fight stealth ships, and the second one is the clone trooper that turns on him, and then the movie. Exactly. That's what I've seen. If you're Um, watching, if you're watching that order, which I did, and then spider guy is fucking awesome, especially how he gets beat. What's weird is, like, Jar Jar will be voiced by Ahmed Best, and then the next time you see him, it's a different voice actor. But C3- I said, like, Star Wars stuff has been pretty good at, like, having the non-main characters being voiced by their actual actors over the years. Well, 3PO is always voiced by Anthony Daniels. Anthony and it's Daniels. like a thing. Yeah. It's like a thing for him, apparently. Seth Green's in a couple of episodes, too, as different characters, putting on different accents. You can tell it's him almost immediately. You're like, that sounds suspiciously like Seth Green. And then there he is in the credits. Like, oh, Chris Griffin's in this episode. <laughs> There's a monkey in my closet. But then I'm just like, oh, wait, I can tell that 
the guy that's Obi Wan is the guy that does Marty McFly now. Yep, that's the same guy. <laughs> God, you know, he's doing a very good impression of another guy who was doing an impression. <laughs> I think I actually think the voice casting in the show is brilliant. So, uh, so for those of you tuned into this wrestling podcast to talk about Star Wars, talk about more. Uh, so, <laughs> Skywalker on that show looks like the guy that does the voice of Darth Maul later in the show. Yep. It's really weird. I'm like, he's he's Darth Vader on that show. Is he Anakin too? No. He looks just like him though. They made him look just like that guy. But yeah, Mando season two is going to be fantastic. And we may end up doing like a review segment of that. We're probably going to do a Mandalorian podcast at some point. We'll do like a series rewatch and just review the whole show because it's, it's so good. It's probably my favorite bit of Star Wars stuff. Yeah, it might be mine too. I, I said it was the best thing Star Wars has given us since Return of the Jedi and people were like, that's a bold statement. I'm like, well, yeah, but it's the truth. Is it? <laughs> I mean, I like, don't get me wrong, I do like the Clone Wars series. I've liked a lot of the video games and stuff, but as far as the best thing, I, I loved Rogue One, but as far as the best thing I've seen from Star Wars has been this TV series. I love I love the storyline. I love the drama. I love the, the cameo, the guest appearances. I freaking Bill Burr. <laughs> I know. I was like, holy shit, Bill Burr's on this episode? Yeah. As and a, then, like, as a and then by the time he was like... Maybe he's a Gungan under there. And I was like, okay, Jay, I, I'm on board. <laughs> Is that why you said no want to take off the helmet? <laughs> that was amazing. Is yes. Gungan underneath there? <laughs> Y'all should be watching The Mandalorian. If you're not a Star Wars fan, watch The Mandalorian. Because <laughs> it's really good. Uh, but yeah. Um, and you will get to see some classic WrestleMania events on... Uh, on ESPN, although they're uh, they're it's thirty, thirty-two, and thirty-five, but they should have on ESPN. They will be. You know, it's really cool seeing all these companies uh, come together and give us stuff. Um, like you can watch a bunch of retro NBA games for free uh, now. Uh, a bunch of other sports leagues are letting their streaming service be free because there's not going to be any more games. For like two or three months. Uh, for crying out loud, Disney just announced today that the freaking Troll movie, the Troll Brothers thing, whatever it was called. That yeah, Onward. That, yeah, it came out like two weeks ago. Yeah, I'm like, going to be watching. Uh, it's going to be on on Disney Plus like next week. Yeah, I'm going to be watching that this weekend actually because I'm going to get Because I'm, they kind of got fucked because it got came out the digital two version. days before everything got shut down. I'm actually really excited to watch it because it's Chris Pratt and Tom Holland, so. Yeah. Star-Lord and Spider-Man are brothers that tried to resurrect their father, but everything went wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like it should be a lot of fun. Um, we got a... I want to answer some questions this week. I actually forgot to put a thread up, so I apologize. So I put a last-minute thread up, and Randy Moyer and Matt Hardman came to the rescue. Yeah, I saw a couple real quick when I was... Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, Randy Moyer who you all know as one of our patrons and the guy who asks a question each and every week. He's our he's our Charlie of Starkville, Mississippi. 
With there being no end in sight to the crowd ban, what harm could it be of WWE and AEW to take a hiatus from doing live TV and every week and decided to re-air old episodes of live content? Um, I actually don't think that would harm them at all. I think re-airing some classic stuff would be a good idea. And you can splice that in with, like... Like, if you have a three-hour block for Raw, you can splice in some modern stuff among your classic stuff. You air a two-hour episode of Raw and put in... Fill your last gap with some interviews and stuff like that. Um, You could take the week off and just air some classic stuff. Do a best of. Do some in-studio stuff. There's a lot of options they could do. I don't I think mean, it's... They have lots of shows they've already recorded about stuff. Like, hey, why don't you just air that, like, Shawn Michaels Bret Hart DVD they put out, like, five or six years ago. That's such a great DVD, too. Just air that. I mean, they show all these matches and segments and stuff. The thing is, they're going to take a ratings hit regardless with with stuff like this. But, but, so, but are they, though? Everyone's home. <laughs> yeah. Well, But here's the thing. People are going to be clamoring for stuff to come back. So when it does come back, their ratings are going to skyrocket. So I don't think it's going to hurt them to do anything like that. I think they're going to be just fine. Now, AEW, on the other hand, I would keep doing new stuff with them. I, you don't have enough back. Well, you have... You have two pay-per-views of your TV era. <laughs> yeah, it won't hurt WWE. It could hurt AEW. So I would definitely keep their their momentum going. But if they do that, WWE is going to do it too. And I just don't anticipate them doing that in general. But I don't think it would really they hurt seem them. They to have a better idea of what to do uh, yeah. uh, so far. Well, now they do. Yeah, by, by so far, I mean one show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's all this has yeah. happened. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I mean... Putting the wrestlers in the crowd, having the heels on one side and the face on the other side was fucking fantastic. It worked great. And because of that, you know who's cheering and saying what. Like, you could hear, like, the great stuff. Apparently, MJF and Sean Spears were on fire on, for the heel side. Like, they were doing really good. I'm not stuff. surprised. So Look who you're talking about, too. <laughs> um, Matt Hardman host of the Race Nerd Podcast. His question is, with Blood and Guts happening apparently soon, do you think that AEW forgot about some of their non-elite inner circle storylines, i.e. Cody Archer or Sammy Darby, to arc the storyline back? Uh, I'm not going to say they forgot, but they're definitely backburnering stuff. But that that's typical when you have something like that. When you like, Look at how WWE does Survivor Series stuff. You know... Hey, we're going to form Team Raw, and we're going to pick five top guys on Raw, even though two of them have been in a rivalry. And they kind of put their stuff aside for the greater good, but sparks of it keep coming back. I think that's what you're going to see here. Well, this makes more sense, because it's like, at the end of the day, these guys are friends, and they'll come back each other up. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas, like, I don't give a fuck, like... Like, I don't buy for a second that anyone cares about team raw no i yeah yeah aew's got the better storyline with that shit like for, for that kind of thing yeah like i don't probably for a second anyone has that kind of pride in the freaking show they're on <laughs> by the way uh shout out to virgil for being the master of social distancing oh yeah dude that guy freaking oh <laughs> uh... what or Soul Train Jones, I think is his indie name. Soul Train Jones. 
Because it turns out having your two biggest gimmick names be a joke on somebody else that was a major in the wrestling business tends to get trademarked. <laughs> Virgil, <laughs> Vincent, and Shane were three names he went by, and he was all Shane of them somewhere. <laughs> yeah, in WCW, he was Shane. <laughs> First, he really? was Vincent, then he was Shane. Yep, that's all. Yeah, I know, I know. Um. But yeah, I think it's it's going to be interesting what's happening with everything. is The, the two-night WrestleMania, possibly from different locations, with Gronk as the host. Um, AEW is still going to be doing stuff. NWA is aired the Nick Aldis versus Cody Rhodes match from NWA yeah, they, 70. Yeah, they put that up. Uh, actually, AEW uh, purposefully didn't say anything was happening next week. They said next Dynamite in case they have to cancel the entire show. Which is smart, yeah. On the next so. dynamite. So never know. <clears throat> yeah. Uh and then uh if you guys are on Facebook and you're not already a member of the group, if you're gonna you wanna have some fun, you can come to Club K Fave, home of true wrestling fans, just look it up, agree to the rules. We'll uh we'll go ahead and let you in. Um one of the main things I'd like to once again remind people in our group because we haven't had this issue for a really long time, but I just saw it happening with some NWA power stuff. Uh, keep your stuff in one thread. If you make a comment about an episode, or you want to talk, even if you're just talking about past stuff you're watching, just keep that in one thread. It's so much easier to to organize and react to stuff. If it's all spread out all over the place, it clutters up the group. And uh, yeah, just just be courteous. That's that's a thing. I, I'd appreciate it. That's what I'd appreciate there, Squirrely Dan. Mm-hmm. Is that what you appreciate about me? <laughs> Did you see the meme with uh, the the hockey players about washing their hands? I'm the one that sent it to you, motherfucker. Oh, that's right. You did send it to me. Yes. I forgot that that was you that did it, and that makes me so happy. <laughs> so happy. <laughs> wash your hands, you little bitch. Yorkie. I always wash my hands. Schultzy. I love washing my hands. Pussy. Fisky. Washing your hands? I start it every day with it. Boomtown. I love washing my hands like I love my wife. Immensely. <laughs> God. Show is amazing. <coughs> By the way, anybody who's in quarantine right now, go watch The Mandalorian and Letterkenny and get back to me. And then you'll get 90% of our jokes. <laughs> Pussy. Pussy. Fist. That was like one of those things where they were like, oh, wait, they're not. They have to go to the senior team now. Oh, I don't know if this is going to be any good. And I was like, nope, this is better. <laughs> Same with the season when they're like, there's no team, but there's still the girls' team. You guys could be ho- coaches now. And I'm like, fuck. No, wait, this is better. Oh, man. All right, guys. This week on the VIP show, I kind of want to call it the VIP experience, but I don't want to rip off because a lot of other podcasts have used experience as a thing. And then there's like, you know, there's tag teams that call themselves. Yeah, well, we also use Wrestle Talk, and there's a show just called Wrestle Talk. 
yes, but we're Club <laughs> Kayfabe Wrestle Talk. So uh, this week we are going to do an extensive review of Monday Night Raw from April thirteenth, nineteen ninety eight, in honor of Stone Cold Steve Austin and the past three sixteen day. This is the episode of Raw that overcame Nitro's eighty four week win streak. And won the ratings war once again. I believe Nitro only won five times after that. They, no, they won eight more times. And they won eight, yeah. It was a low number. They won eight more times before they finally folded. Uh, and it is a heavy Steve Austin show because the whole show was built around the Austin versus McMahon singles match. This was Jeff Trelowitz's request. It was his first Raw that he remembers watching. So we're going to do an extensive review of that. And then we're going to talk about... What to do about call-ups to the main roster after WrestleMania. What we would do with them, if we would even do them. Spoiler, don't do it. (laughs) We will discuss that as well. But Dan, it is time for you to dish out some points or dish out them consequences. So this week, in honor of Stone Cold Steve Austin, you wanted us to discuss your favorite Stone Cold Steve Austin moment that totally never happened. You're ready. Yeah, I want to hear some interesting Austin moments. Okie dokie. Made up. (laughs) Made up. (laughs) Made up, exactly. Stone Cold proceeded to clean up the mess he left in that supermarket. That would be quite a half an episode of Raw. (laughs) Can you imagine that? Like, imagine, like, if they showed us, like, great moments, like, hardcore uh, like Crash Holly stuff at different places, and they showed us like how they set it up and stuff. <laughs> so weird. Uh, uh, Stone Cold to aisle. We have a spill in aisle five. Stone Cold to aisle five. Aisle six. Aisle, aisle seven. <laughs> seven. Yeah. What? I said aisle five. Stone Cold. What? Price check on Jackass. Yep. Price check on the Jackass. Yeah, points. That's a moment I'm glad didn't happen. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite Stone Cold moment. Oh, right. That time Stone Cold went to AA. You know what? If Stone Cold was doing what he did then now, there would have been a Stone Cold and AA segment. With the... What was the... What was the... The doctor... That did the the Brian and Kane segments? You mean the one that somebody that we know started a... A Twitter account for A Twitter account in the WWE style after him? Yeah. Shelby, Dr. Shelby. Yeah, and he did like the... What everyone does like at WWE Dr. Shelby or whatever. Or at WWE. Like the way that everybody has theirs automatically made when they job. (laughs) That was great. So people thought it was actually him. Very smart. <laughs> but yeah, they would have done that like that and like the Enzo Amore at the with his thing. Remember that? Yeah. Enzo Amore tried to fuck some bitches. Nice. Nah, he, he he came back when he did the Sasha Bailey stuff, but it just didn't have the same impact. But yeah, that was I do remember Doctor Doctor Shelby. Yes, the name escaped me. But yeah, 
Stone Cold and AA would have made a great segment, though. It was like Vince McMahon like makes him go to AA, especially when they pan over and Scott Hall's just sitting there. <laughs> hey yo, they made you come to this shit too. Ah, she go. That would be interesting. Don't AA actually a thing I would have liked to have seen, so you get points. Okay. <clears throat> Remember that time Stone Cold willingly came to Raw and jobbed to Brock Lesnar? You're <laughs> <laughs> just going to feed Stone Cold to Brock Lesnar? That's not how Stone Cold works. Yeah, I don't blame him for... And I also don't blame him for his, like, how he feels about it afterwards, that he should have came anyway to talk instead of just not showing up. Yeah. Because I get him being upset. That's a huge pay-per-view draw. And it was just a King of the Ring qualifier that they were throwing it away on. Like, why would Steve Austin be interested in a King of the Ring qualifier? That's like what happened with, like... There was that one year where China went in, right? It was because... They put Triple H in, and Triple H in storyline was like, I've already won this. Why do I care? Out, China, you go do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no. It's like, bitch, I won this two years ago. <laughs> uh, I already did this. Uh, you go do it. Uh, I won this in 97. Yeah. I don't need this. <laughs> I, don't, I don't need this. Uh... That's my favorite Austin moment when he showed up and jumped to Brock. Bork. Yeah. Bork. Points. So I do have a question, though. By him walking out of Raw, did he actually extend his career a little bit? Because I imagine he probably would have gotten hurt a lot faster if he didn't take, like, that eight-month hiatus. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I also right. remember late ECW, them wanting to have Sabu lose to like Super Crazy in the TV title tournament. But, like, he was going to lose because he missed a moonsault through a table. Like, he wasn't going to get just fucking creamed in a minute. Right. Like, he was going to lose legitimately, and he was like, no, fuck. <laughs> All right, here's your next one. I'll never forget the live sex celebration Stone Cold had on Raw a few years ago. With Deborah. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, yes. I'm going to fuck somebody tonight. What? The rated R rattlesnake? Can you believe all the risque shit they did back then? And they did a freaking live sex celebration in 2006. Yeah. I think we're going to have to title this episode The Rated R Rattlesnake, by the way. I like that. Until 2006. Six. Yeah. Yeah. So weird. Points. All right. Uh, I want to. I have some late breaking news that I have to share with you guys. WWE has a release is releasing an official shirt. It's a WrestleMania it's a WrestleMania 36 logo and it says I wasn't there. Too big for one night, April 5th, 4th and 5th, 2020. And I think I need to buy that. 
I was going to be there before. Well, I know, but now I I kind of need that shirt. Oh my god! I mean, you might as well embrace it, right, and try to make money off of it. Yeah, might as well, right? And you know that shirt's going to sell like crazy. <laughs> that shirt just outsells John Cena day one. <clears throat> All right, here's your next entry, though. I'll never forget when Stone Cold beat Hulk Hogan in the main event on Nitro to win the WCW title. In front of 30 million screaming Steven Maniacs. You know what's funny about that night is they had like 41,000 fans, but they reported it as 39. They're really. They, WCW actually subtracted numbers from their grand totals. That's been documented. Doesn't make any sense, but WCW in their later years did not make sense. Well, it's actually a thing that actually was a major storyline of the end of the TV show WKRP in Cincinnati. It's about having your losses be in the right place. Yeah. And some business people would rather have something be unsuccessful than succeed. Because it's in that spot in their portfolio. I mean, I can see the merit to that, honestly. So, the right thing is your loss leader. It, it's better for you. It's it's so crazy, but it's and to think that that was a storyline for the last storyline of a TV show in the seventies. Yeah, it is actually pretty crazy to think about. <laughs> It's funny to go back and look at, like, what was ahead of its time, though, on television. Because it was all about how the freaking owner was fucking with stuff. (laughs) Because because they were starting to actually make money and raise up in the ratings track. Uh, But, yeah, yeah, that's that's a great moment, too, you know, and he just showed up on Nitro that week. Just remember when that Brooklyn. WWF contracted wrestler fought a WCW contracted wrestler for an ECW title. Just remember, brother, when the time is right to beat Stone Cold, I'm going to do it. Except it was actually Kevin Nash that after Scott Hall cattle prodded Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> oh, man. You know, it's funny that Hogan agreed to do the job clean. And that was the payoff, was that when the time is right to be Goldberg, I get to do it. And that actually would have made the most sense, but Nash got to do it instead. Although the time wasn't right to beat Goldberg, as has been well documented. But, you know, whatever. And that's why we have WWE versus AEW now and not WCW versus anything. So, what do you? What's your word? Points. Points. Okay. In 1995, Stunning Steve used a singing telegram service to give his two-week notice. <laughs> that was a great moment of television. Yes. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. I am your singing telegram. So who would have who would have killed the telegram lady then? Brian Pillman. <laughs> he did try to shoot Steve Austin one time. 
Uh, but yes, this, this gives points, though. Indeed. I mean, I guess I didn't say it had to be television segments, did I? <laughs> uh, no, you just your favorite just moments Austin. in the history. Who could forget the six-pack on a pole match he had against the Sandman? That would have been interesting. Probably would have been an awful match. But it would have it would have had all that all the right shenanigans to make it fun. Probably. Yeah, that's good points. Okie dokie. And now we are at the chess Z. I'll never forget when Stone Cold beat both The Rock and Y2J in the same night to become the first ever WWF Undisputed Champion. Jeez. <laughs> That's not how that happened at all. Almost what could have happened. I suppose. I'm glad it went the way it did. I think it was the right way. Ah, Vince did not agree at the time. Unfortunately, just defeating him to freaking Triple H. <laughs> and then immediately getting a new belt. <laughs> I'm not carrying five belts. <laughs> that was such a rib, too. Like, he immediately gets a new belt. It's always like that like when, when they do it. Uh... Or like when they they changed the ECW title, the WWE ECW title, because Mark Henry was too big for the old title. And I'm like, oh, you yeah. guys remember that you had Big Show with the belt for six months? <laughs> Apparently they forgot about that, but I wanted to forget about that too. He had some of the best matches in his career after that, actually. And he refers to it as one of the worst periods in his career. I was like, you were having some of your best matches. Well, also look at who he had to work with, too. He had a lot of talent to work with. I mean, that was like when he was just like, I'm the UCW champion and I'm better than everybody else. Come get me. And then he Batista, he fought Batista on ECW one week. And he fought Rick ECW one week. And <laughs> Yeah. It's crazy. Shit was crazy. Remember that ECW actually wasn't a bad show, but it wasn't ECW, which is what was shitty about it. Which happened right away, 4th of July. It was when everything went to shit, which was like episode 3. <laughs> yep. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, it gets points. You remember the first match that happened in EC the new ECW? Sandman versus the zombie? Yeah. I remember. I remember. <clears throat> and it was just a joke because when sci-fi was like, yeah, we're running a show. You think about doing any kind of sci-fi element? Alien or a zombie or something? That'd be cool. And they're like, nah. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, next one? By the way, R.I.P. the zombie. I know, yeah. Yeah, his death is why Bobby G quit wrestling. Bobby, yeah. Bobby G, a guy quit. he probably never saw in his life. No, they were friends. They were they were close. 
Uh, were they? they? Yeah, they were. They were. So I don't. But like Bobby quit while he was driving to a GSW show as tag team champion. While he literally, tag team champion. he literally just yes. turned around and went home and quit the business. So yeah, don't. John, if you're listening, I know that's still a thorn in your side because you and Bobby are buddies. But yeah. Hey, the last time I saw Sweet Bobby G was at John Salinas's wedding. Next time I manage to make it to New York City, I'm going to look him up, though, because I keep promising him I will. When things calm down, we want to do like a like a an overnight stay in New York City, like a like a two night thing, like buy an early train ticket and then come home on a late train ticket the next uh, day. Thing, things are going to be hella cheap the first month or so back. Oh, yeah, from for this, sure. Because everyone's going to want to try and bounce back after for having sure. no income for a month and a half. Absolutely. Months. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, <clears throat> man, it was epic when Stone Cold beat the streak. Yeah. Who ended the WWE streak? Which uh, which streak are you talking about? Goldberg O four. Goldberg O. Oh, Triple H. Was it in that? It was in the chamber. Yeah. Got. Yeah, it was in the chamber. It was... Crucified first. Yep, that was all Triple H. Hey, do you remember who ended Brock's streak? Brock's first streak? 2002? because yeah, I was out at that point. Yeah, you were just talking about him. He had one of his best runs of his career in ECW. The Big Show? Yeah, Paul Heyman. Turned on Brock Lesnar and aligned himself with Big Show, and Big Show beat him at Survivor Series on my birthday. Congratulations. Yeah. No, thanks. So we good with this one? Yeah. Okay. Beating the streak, getting the points. Oh, hell yeah. All right. So real quick. I accidentally cut this next one off because when I cop because the person who did it put their lines on the they it was one of those things they must have hit enter when they were sending it and the the words that shouldn't have been on the next line went to the next line so I didn't copy them over but <laughs> the entry is member when Stone Cold stopped Heath Slater from having kids I member Jesus. But kids and I member were on a separate line, so the thing I have just says, "Remember when Stone Cold stopped Heath Slater from having?" <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I don't think that was the whole entry. <laughs> so that's my bad. But the, with the split thing, I couldn't really. Uh... I'm assuming they did it from mobile because kids is also capitalized. But yes, <laughs> you remember when Stone Cold stopped Heath Slater from having kids? Oh, you're going to procreate? And then just gave him a Stone Cold Stunner and made him sterile. But it kicked him in the nuts. Instead of yeah, the exactly. Yeah. Like he did to Byron Saxton. Did you see that clip? When he gave Byron Saxton a stunner on this past week's Raw? He kicks him square in the balls. And not the gut, he gets him in the balls and then gives him a stunner. Oh, that's great. Poor Byron. LOL. LOL. Exactly. Uh, this one actually gets the first earmark. Well, there's only two entries left, so this might be the winner. Who could forget... Oh, this is penultimate. Sorry. Gotta announce it. 
Who could forget Stone Cold refereeing the ex-wife evening gown match between Deborah and Lady Blossom? Okay. <laughs> that would be rather interesting, actually. I might actually be okay with that. Back then, I I would have been. I don't think Deborah probably looks good anymore. I don't think she's been pretty much since she's left television, I think. Hey, but she went quite a while. She was much older than many realized at the time. She is 60 years old now. Yeah. It was like she was in her 40s when... In her heyday, she was in her 40s. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that one's definitely interesting. I would... Gonna ref that match. Beat Deborah. What? They spelled Deborah wrong, but I'll let it slide. Did they Deborah? Deborah, yeah. Yeah. Deborah. Pointing? Pointies? Pointies? Okay. And your final entry. I'll never forget when he broke into Pillman's house armed with a big black dildo. Jesus. What? (laughs) I'm gonna fuck you with this, Brian. Good God. And I got Pillman nine millimeter. Did <laughs> <laughs> nine something. I got Austin nine inches of big black cup. <laughs> <laughs> Coming at your ass. Yeah, that one's points too. All right. Well, with your one ear mark, I believe your winner is when Stone Cold stopped Heath Slater from having kids. Do 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 do. And uh, I will send you over the the list now. You may see all of the wonderfully talented people who submitted entries this week. And notice that it was not Ellis who submitted an entry about a big black dildo. Ellis actually did not play this week. But uh, thoughts are with you, buddy. He's falling onto hard times right now. But, uh, so thoughts are with you, bud. Hopefully, uh, everything will work out for everybody. So, hopefully, you're all are, uh, staying safe out there. And, uh, pick up your WrestleMania I Wasn't There t-shirts. Uh, take your precautions. It's really gonna help stuff. And, uh, I don't know. Maybe, uh, we'll have some more content for you this weekend. Like, uh, some stupid sexy podcast that I'm horribly (laughs) behind on now, and that's 100% on me. But also, uh, Animal Crossing came out, so I will be playing that too. That's a good time stink for a quarantine (laughs) time. I was a little upset when it wasn't going to arrive on time and I had to switch to the digital copy, but then I was like, you know what? It's actually not that bad, because then if... 
I'm going to get the digital version. I always have it on me. And isn't that like the best portable game ever? <laughs> so. <clears throat> Alrighty, guys. We will see you guys next week for more Club Kayfabe Wrestle Talk. We have no plans to cease this program or put it on hiatus. So you can keep enjoying us each and every week. Keep your mind off all this crap. Maybe Glenn will be back. Who the hell knows? Anything can happen. I mean, he should be over it, over it by now. Hopefully. Over see, the corona. Over the corona. All right. See you guys next week. Peace out. Bye.